Flawedcast, episode 90. Where have all the cowboys gone? You see, evil men, the likes of whom have sought to enslave their fellow man since the dawn of creation, took America not by might or strength or arms, but by deception and guile. Eric J. Martindale. Flawedcast. Flawedcast. Get in the arena. Hey, Johnny. Good morning. How's it going today? Hey, everybody. want to welcome you to a brand new episode of Flawedcast. As always, I'm here with my cohort. Here's Johnny. Johnny, Norman, Jason, and Matt are on vacation visiting the mothership again. And this week, we have a special guest, Tim, who is a newer friend to me, but I feel like I've known the guy for so long, for, for like so many years. And I know uh, Johnny and his wife had grown up together, so there's a kind of a familial tie here. But we want to welcome Tim. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And we're going to get into a little bit as to why he is here with us today. Uh, we just want to get into the official particulars. Uh, you can listen to us anywhere. Podcast are Flawcast, Flawcast CLE. Uh, we're doing well on Rumble. Uh, we're on YouTube, but we're like one strike away from being removed. Move, that's Flawed Inc. Uh, you can find us on the Project Mockingbird social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, doing well on Parlor Gab and MeWe. And as always, we will take our right hand and put it over our left heart. Ready? I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. A man and a woman. All right, so we just want to really uh, welcome Tim uh, once again. Uh, he's a veteran. He'll be talking about a little bit about that in a little bit. But the idea came to John and I that as we were listening to a lot of uh, the talk shows, the news that we listened to, a lot of veterans were calling in. And there was a similarity between all of them, which whether it be like a guy like Dan Bongino I was watching this week, or everyone knows I love InfoWars, love Alex Jones. They opened their show up to uh, speak to veterans from uh, Afghan and other Middle East conflicts. And the overriding theme was one, absolutely. Absolute demoralization from the warrior class in our society, which I, I personally believe was intentional. The other thing is people are getting really, really, really pissed off. And I think it's important that we start to talk about these things. You know, the news cycle moves so quickly that I'm going to even guess by the time this episode comes out, people are going to forget about it. It's going to move on. And that can't be. We have to keep this in the forefront. Uh, Tim brings a certain experience, a world, world boots on the ground, knowledge of different things that we here don't. So it was so important. And we're so grateful that he was able to come and share a little bit. And we're we're just going to kind of open this up, leave it open for him and uh, let him talk what he wants to talk about. You know, we'll interject things when we can here and there. However, this is open and we want to first off, thank you, Tim, for coming. Thank you for your service. Uh, we want to thank all the veterans for their service, all the first responders for their service to the country. Freedom certainly isn't free. And it is the sacrifice of men and women like this that have been able to forward us the luxuries and the freedoms that we have. And, you know, it, it, I think it's often that this generation takes those freedoms, those liberties for granted. I know certainly I fall victim to that at time, but you know, we have the first amendment, we have the second amendment, which definitely helps to propagate and to keep the chimes of freedom ringing in America as best as it can, at least right now. And we have that first amendment, we have that second amendment. So when the first we need to utilize now, we need to speak, we need to contact our elected representatives and, and share and vocalize our opinions about things so they can do that. They can continue to work
work for us as the government was set up by our constitution. But the other thing is, you know, we have a second amendment. We have a right that if the first, and I'm not calling for this, but if the first amendment fails, we can back that up with the second amendment. And I just think that everything that we're seeing right now is purposeful. It's demoralization. It's meant to divide. It's meant to just prop up the worst of our, our society. So uh, with that being said, once again, Tim, thank you uh, for your service and thank you for uh, coming on and talking today and the floor is yours. I do want, before we get too far into this, like if you are an Afghan veteran or any veteran that is having any issues or or starting to struggle with all these events that are going on, please reach out. Please reach out to your brothers. Like we have to do more to end the 22 a day. Um, you're not isolated. We're all here um, and we're still here for you. So the veteran crisis line is one 927 8387 More importantly, reach out to your brothers, man. Yeah, it's right. important. First, I'm, I'm a Marine veteran. I'm a heavy machine gunner. Um, I've deployed multiple times to the Middle East. Uh, after the Marine Corps, I was a police officer. I'm, I'm now an engineer. I only look retarded. I actually was smart at one point. Um, <laughs> My <laughs> wife can... can... <laughs> I'm, a, I'm on the board of directors for the Sub-Zero Mission. We go out and we serve homeless veterans. Um, and I'm also an ambassador for Mission 22, working to end that 22 a day. Um, uh, veteran suicide and remove the stigma of PTSD. Man. And um, me and my wife also volunteer our time to Vets for Child Rescue uh, to, to work to end child sex trafficking. So um, those are things Great. that um, uh, are important to me that I'm passionate about. So the volunteer time um, is second nature because I want to make a difference still. Well, you are, you know, so I'll put links below. Yeah, definitely. Um, most important thing, I want to repeat that again. If you are struggling out there, man, just reach out to your brothers. You guys are difference makers, and we cannot mm -hmm. afford to lose any more of you. Uh, <laughs> no, that's honestly, that's right That's that's right where our heart was talking about this. Um, that was the thought. It was like, I, it's killed me. Like, I was vexed. To me, it's the most blatant. Yeah, I know Johnny was definitely feeling a certain way. And, you know, I want to get into this once again, give, give you the floor, Tim. But this that I've heard and what I've seen this week has just been, like I said earlier, an absolute demoralization campaign and just really trying to level the warrior, the fighting class in our society. And my understanding through history, you know, as I was writing my book, I did a lot of understanding of the psychology of men, uh, which, by the way, I didn't do a plug. So Smith's Heart of Man Repair Manual is in the link below. But you can look through history, whether it be the Egyptians, whether it be the Romans, uh, whomever, uh, all kinds of different classes of societies have the leadership of those times have all been threatened by the emerging warrior class, the emerging fighting classes system of men that can stand in direct opposition to their tyranny, of their evil empire. And what I see is absolutely that. The tyrannical government that we're now under is trying to demoralize, divide, and I think, you know, piss off these men, these women that have served and took in the... New York, I go to Queens for Queens to get the food from Brooklyn. They pony in my hat and they never been taken. These oaths to defend the Constitution, and it, it's a real scary thing, and I think it's something that we need to talk about because we don't want these people that bled and sacrificed and gave their all to feel that they're not loved and they're not appreciated, but we also need to take a look at the historical aspect that this is what evil, tyrannical empires do, but, you know, as I think about Moses and I think about, like, Christ, like, especially during those biblical times and all throughout other civilizations a variable attack on the warrior class of society those who can rise up in opposition to tyranny has always been at the forefront and to me that's what i see happening that's what i see going on i would love to know your take and and just to start to get into whatever else you want to discuss here today yeah, i actually i absolutely agree with that and i've been saying since um 
you know, since the war on police started under the Obama yeah. administration, they're coming for veterans eventually. They, they have to create that divide because the veterans are the ones who are, gosh, we all raised our right hand to support and defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And we're the ones that will stand up before anybody else. We're also the ones that don't want to be involved. We just want to be left alone. Yeah. Um, but once you push somebody to past that point, as Chris Peranto, um, Tonto from Benghazi, we work with them through my patch company, says, the switch is on, or I'm going to shoot you in the face. You don't want us to flip that switch. You didn't, yeah. We don't want to flip that switch. Like, gosh, we left that stuff on our deployments for a reason, and um, it's a very difficult situation that nobody wants to get involved in, but holy cow, once uh, once the emotion is shut off, it's a it's a whole different thing, and I'm not sure every, anybody um, is prepared for that. So hopefully we can avoid anything like that, that's for sure. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. But I can see that this administration and the way that they have executed this withdrawal plan is very demoralizing. You know, there's been people who have served in Afghanistan that were born after that war started. Um, so it's a and then and look back it, like before us, it was Russia and Russia literally went bankrupt well, and that, over there. Right. And not to interrupt you, I'm sorry, but that's what I keep telling people, you know, like, uh, which just kind of highlights the brilliance of Ronald Reagan being able to capitalize on that. But the reason the Soviet Union fell during the Third World War, or you know, people call the Cold World War, a lot of historians are calling it actually World War Three. But uh, the reason that the Soviet Union fell is because of their entanglement and their long term conflict with Afghanistan. And that's what made them fall. And, you know, not to be a certain way, with all due respect, you know, seeing the Chinook helicopters leaving Afghanistan was so reminiscent of Vietnam and we've already had a Vietnam. It seems like every generation or every century there has to be another Vietnam type experience and it's just super, I don't know, what do you think? It's exactly like Vietnam and Saigon right there. And uh, the failures to uh, have a, a clear, executable withdrawal plan. I mean, it did happen in Vietnam. Like, the parallels aren't, you know, they're not exact. However, there are similarities that are very troubling. And I think, uh, overall, this is going to have a much more lasting black eye on the United States, our foreign policy, our allies, um, the people who have supported us and that we've abandoned. It's a sad, sad situation. And, um, you know, the funny thing is watching the Trump derangement syndrome try to spin it under... Um, President Trump's fault, where the plan was a condition-based withdrawal under President Trump, and the Biden administration crumpled that up and threw it out the window yep. and, and withdrew our troops first. And it's, um, come on, as, as he says, come on, man, what are you, like, what are they doing? Like, what are they doing? Why would they execute it this way? And that's one of the things I want to ask about, you know, being a civilian, not really having any kind of quantifiable experience in this realm. It seems completely bass awkward to me that they would first evacuate one of the most secure Air Force bases on the planet and then start to move civilians out through. It just it just seems so yeah. it's just ridiculous to me. You know, that should have been the very last thing that that we closed down and all of the visas should have been processed and a portion of our troops should have been home before we're even announcing any plans um, about a withdrawal. So, you know, and this is where we mix in politics with military action and that's really what happened you know it feels good and it's virtue signaling i'm going to end this war in afghanistan but when you half-ass do it mm -hmm. um like the biden administration has done i learned a lesson never half-ass two things whole ass one thing 
holy cow, you've created turmoil, not just in that uh, region, like it's throughout the world because we're letting down our allies and yeah. our friends and um, people who believe, holy cow, what's going to happen with Taiwan now? Well, and, and that's China. Like, yeah. it's, well, and that's the thing now that China's just going to go in there, buy everything off and all that blood, sweat and those tears were for nothing. And, you know, I got to think that if you're our allies like Taiwan, you're you know, you're crapping your britches. And I just look at all this stuff and I think, what a huge waste. What ridiculous idiocracy and uh, foolishness and action. And, you know, even in regards to my, like, eschatological timeline, you know, in Matthew 24, it talks about, you know, there'll be wars, rumors of wars. But it also, you know, in regards to eschatology, it talks about the dragon. And now China is positioning themselves to be the global force. They now going in and, and kind of riding in off the backs of the brave men and women in, in our military that has served to get some sort of semblance of stability and, and freedom in that country. Now that they're going to go in there, just pay everybody off and you know, cash is king. And it's more of a stronghold they're going to get in the Middle East. It demoralizes us across the world. It makes us look weak. It's just, this stinks. And uh, the armed forces right now see more concern with critical race theory, uh, demoralizing the troops, even in training, you know, now forced inoculations uh, to, to weaken and make them even sicker in the field. I, I just don't know how anyone can look at this rationally and not see how blatant and purposeful this really is. No, I get what you're saying. And if you look at and, and this withdrawal plan and then hearing General Miley come out and say, we had no intelligence that this would happen so so quickly. Well, maybe if you weren't paying attention to CRT and trying to push that yeah. upon the troops and their woke training and all those things, you would have known because there's absolutely no way we could have no intelligence that the Taliban was building a force of this level that could come in and sweep an entire country two days after we left. Like that, it's impossible to miss that completely. So the intelligence was there, it's just their focus wasn't. And it, it, you know, that's very disappointing. That dude should resign. The Secretary of Defense should resign. President Biden should resign, although I don't want Kamala Harris, like hopefully the whole administration goes down, but this is an epic failure on, on massive proportions. Yeah. So when we get back and we look at Taiwan, China's already fired a proverbial warning shot across their bow saying the United States isn't going to come help you. Right. Um, and so what we've done, like our enemies are becoming united and we are alienating our, our allies. Yeah. Like, and that's what's going on. So the long-term effect, you know, it's very easy just to focus on the micro spot in the in Afghanistan, but the foreign policy effects of this are going to be felt probably for a generation. And it's um, it's a very scary time when you start to think of it that way. Well, you know, the other thing I think about is that our allies feel demoralized, you know, our, our troops feel demoralized, but you know, for so long, you know, a lot of numerology uh, and different beliefs believes that, you know, the number 20 is significant, that uh, it's been a generation, 20 years since 9-11. Uh, primarily, there hasn't been a lot of those attacks because we have have been taking the fight to uh, radical Islamic terrorism, that it's the fight's been primarily focused there. Now, the whole world could be open for attacks. You know, uh, God forbid that 9-11 type attacks start happening again. Our border is wide open. Uh, you know, and I got to think, you know, with China now kind of calling the shots and running the show, I got to I think that they're super, super happy about that. Now, I, I don't know. What are your thoughts about that? And, and what do you think on a more, you know, like you talk about on a macro level, not a micro level, but what are your thoughts with what you see happening or what your thoughts are in that respect? And, it's, uh, that's it? absolutely a concern. You know, it's a good thing we have secured borders, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Yeah, we don't. It's a good thing we're vetting all the people from flying yeah. in here in a country we just bombed for 20 years. I'm sure none of them are mad. Yeah. Um, so that is, and you know, that is a 
a coincidence that Biden came out and said he wanted a full withdrawal by 9-11. Why would you do that? Why would you do it that way and announce 9-11 as the, de- as yeah. the execution date? Yeah. Um, so a very sad situation at this point where literally on the 20th anniversary Dude. of 9-11, the Taliban is going to be back in charge evil of Afghanistan. So, yeah. Evil is always intentional. Like I got chills as you're talking. I'm just like, no, I'm, I'm like, I just want you to talk. There's so much, I think, to be able to dissect from this. I, I think that there's a lot of comparisons that could be made to the fall of Saigon and the Ford presidency. However, you know, we, it looks like we now are cucked and we're cold and we're feckless. Allies are losing faith in us. And, you know, we now are just in this position where we're being led by these inferior people. And you can make any kind of case against the Ford administration, but I don't think they're anywhere near as uh, weak as we are now. And now we just look like this, this... Uh, yeah, I don't... Well, it's not we, it's our, yeah. it's our government. Our, our, our government. Because yeah. one thing, and that's been very frustrating, and um, this was you know, one of Obama's highlighted foreign policy is surgical strikes. I'm of the school of, if we're going to go to war, take everything you got. If I got in a fist fight on the street, I'm not going to throw strategic punches. I'm like hitting them with everything I got in every direction. Like none of these wars should ever last 20 years with the greatest, strongest military with a 700 billion dollar budget why are we doing anything for 20 years we should be going in it with overwhelming force destroy everything nobody should have to go to war but if you do you have to go to war you don't sit there and play games with it and that's what these foreign policy administrations have done since the reagan era and we've seen it constantly and it's been a repetitive cycle but it's like they're playing video games where the marines and other branches that are going to serve over there they don't care about why they're going there they're there for the butt the brother on the left and the right and to get back home and that's it but what our administrations have done and the upper echelons of the military and the government have done is they've handcuffed our boys. Like, take the cuffs off. I guarantee you we would go in there into Afghanistan. We would rescue every American. But we're handcuffed right now. Our military's being handcuffed. So it's a very, I just don't want to paint it all as uh, as anything other than the quote unquote leadership that, yeah. that we have because our military might is very, very strong. And it's very frustrating that we're not able to unleash the what we're capable of the Kraken. Yep. Nation that plays by the rules that we play by. Absolutely. And you, you look at, and today is actually the anniversary of Obama's red line failure <laughs> in, in Syria. Um, but you look at what Russia said, if there anything happened in Syria, they immediately went through that. We'll be nuking people. Um, like That's how well, the military is well, supposed to Putin, be. Putin isn't messing around. He means business. He's, yeah, he's not making he's not, idle threats. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah like he's know. going to if, the, if it comes down to that. Um, they, but like, it's almost like throughout this withdrawal plan, and these weird ass announcements stating dates and all this stuff that we're reverting back into the days of the war of independence where you know the the english soldiers and army were marching online to a drumbeat and it's like a sophisticated war or something so it's almost like we're reverting back to that where we still need to be war fighters and we still need to be aware of tactics and we don't need to um, raise the moral high ground. Like, holy shit, war is dirty, and people need to face that. And um, we definitely need to get away from trying to be the sophisticated moral leader if we're committed to something like that in those regions. Like, we need to make sure we're going in, um, we're getting everybody out safely, and we're employing tactics at work. Holy shit, the two most powerful militaries in the world for over the last 30 years 
just struggled with people who live in caves and have only rifles and no air support and stuff like that. So if that doesn't say something, you know, it's the government's holding it back, but the entire way we have gotten away from what was used successfully against us throughout Vietnam and throughout these other conflicts that we, when we can't just go in with our air force and bomb for a hundred days, like we did in the Gulf war. Um, so it's, it's those things that we definitely need to have a refocus on, but, um, well, do you think, um, obviously this is a hypothetical, but do you think where we are at, where we're going, that that military dominance is going to A, be able to flex its muscle again like it used to, or B, since I'm the conspiracy theorist and I'm always trying to you know, forecast and think ahead, do you think that in some degree that it's purposeful, that we've been purposefully kneecapped uh, for whatever reason? I definitely can see that perspective. And, you know, China has gotten stronger yeah. while we've remained the same. Yeah. Um, and they've, they've likely, you know, they've increased um, their Navy to like ridiculous numbers. <laughs> that should be very concerning to all of us. But um, to go along that conspiratorial path, like let's talk about Hunter Biden's ties to China. <laughs> and, and let's talk about the lithium. Res- had <laughs> the lithium reserves in Afghanistan, top $1 trillion. Right. What's China's most needed precious metal right now? Lithium, it's absolutely yeah. lithium. Well, it's even um, the opiates, the you know, yeah. rare earth minerals. I mean, like I'm sorry to interrupt. What a lot of people don't realize is how rich Afghanistan is, see, not only in lithium, but rare earth minerals, and also mm-hmm. like opiates, like poppy seeds and stuff like that. that I'm sure the CIA is really pissed off that they're going to lose their cash. <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, I'm not even joking. No, I, um, I completely agree with that, too. If you, Well, how you think the crack rock gets into the country? We don't own any planes. We don't own no ships. But we are not the people who are flying and floating that shit in here. Um, when I was a police officer, so I was a police officer in Phoenix, I only saw heroin once. And, you know, this was back in 2000. Um, look at the influx of heroin just over the last, let's just say the last 10 years, but it's uh, it's more than likely over the last 20 years years when when we began our occupation of that and um, I know it's not the military so it's right. uh, it's it's clearly you know as JFK said the CIA needs to be shattered into a thousand pieces and scattered to the wind um, they're probably directly responsible for all the wars that we've been in all the false flags that we've seen all the things that are working to tor- turn us against each other because there can't be a one world order with the United States standing there can only be one if we fall and this is why I absolutely love this guy because I feel like uh, you know any regular listener others we all talk about globalism we talk about the one world order the new world order so it's like uh you know tim and i are very much uh, in sapatico and you know you talk about the the military industrial conflicts and how you got to continually feed that beast and feed that beast feed the machine and and it wasn't you know this has been going on for like 80 some years because fdr uh, during world war ii and and the expansion that came out of that is what initially started and uh, propelled and fed that you know uh, things like with the cia and that's when you had things like the iran contra during the 80s with freeway ricky ross uh, gary webb uh, killed a messenger who exposed that a fellow clevelander he killed himself by shooting himself twice in the head um you know it's suicide by shooting yourself twice in the head but anyway um you know and then it even brings you back to trump and where we're kind of that now with things oh i bet you that frustrated people on the last administration you remember when trump was going to start world war three remember when he was going to get us into all these conflicts holy shit he didn't start a war for four years he he drew down the 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 wars that we were involved in 
what happens within seven months, what are we, eight months into this Biden administration and, and 40 to 50 years of failed foreign policy is we are going right back into that cycle of never ending wars. Um, you know, it, it's an absolute powder keg right there yeah. in the Middle East in Afghanistan right now, we're not even still talking about Syria, um, <laughs> which is, which is a, a major issue as well. But just in Afghanistan, what's going to happen when an American is killed? Well, and even as you're thinking or saying that, I'm sorry, this is probably going to tickle Johnny's ears, but I'm even thinking about in the Middle East, like our closest ally, Israel. Uh, you know, even though Israel is kind of a different breed, you know, uh, in regards to I think they're a little more self-sustaining, uh, you know, to me, it's still kind of like this... Uh, you know, well, Israel has a gun pointed at them from every direction and has survived since what was it the 1950s when they were established. <laughs> so let me tell you a few things about um, my experience with Israel. Their females are as bad as our military. Like everybody has to serve there. Yeah. And that's um, something that I've always advocated for because it, in our country it is mandatory two years of service to your country because it gives you a whole new perspective. But Israel is a very, very, very powerful and capable nation with or without us. But when we go back again to the Obama years and the alienation that he specifically intentionally did with Israel. Then you had Trump and, oh, here's another one. Do you remember when Trump was moving the embassy and was going to start World War III? <laughs> well, that didn't yeah. happen either. But Trump was uh, repaired that relationship with Israel for the most part. I just want to you know, say real quick, because I, I know you, you're not a Trump file. You're not a... a no, I'm, you, I'm, you I'm, a, I'm a F both sides of the government. Right. And I just, I know what people are going to say because I hear all the mail that we get. And I just want people to know, like, you know, you're, you are not a devotee to Trump. You're not like licking his boot heel like so many people are at all even no let me be very clear here I'll, I'll, I'll even give it a little bit more background I voted for Obama twice and like I still regret both of those I, I did not vote for Trump the first time but I did vote for him the second time based on his policies and his success that he had over the first four years and based on the nonstop unjustifiable attacks that the media did like yeah. it was clear that there was some sort of attempt at through the mockingbird media to brainwash and manipulate in the outcome of that election but if you remove trump's face and his name from his policies and you don't agree with them something's wrong like his policies were very successful name one racist policy name one sexist policy name one any policy that and holy cow the left is the king and queens and whatever they um, of projection. It's everything they ac accuse President Trump of are things that they were actually doing. And we're now we're yeah. seeing it in real time, the effects of uh, that that sham of an election that, that we went through. So yeah. yeah, right, sham of election. Anyway, so that just brings me to, you know, some other things if you want to start to talk about. I just wanted to point that out to people. I don't, you know, they just need to know that and where you're coming from and where your perspective. But, you know, even like right now, like just reading articles the other day about how like Petro in America is running low and it's at over, over $3 a gallon. And then, you know, uh, O'Bine shuts on the, the Keystone Pipeline. And then like Russia is allowed to produce their own, you know, O'Bine sign off on Russia to create their own own power and their own gas and uh, you know just even things like on a more global political scale uh, just you know because even like in regards to you know like my study of eschatology and uh, wars and rumors of wars you know the dragon china's starting to rise up in event and then you know you even look at like things like with this 
overtly grotesque military blunder. Uh, and I didn't want to get into this, and I'm sorry to be that kind of a guy, but, you know, even with COVID, the vaccine passports, mandatory vaccinations, like all this stuff, it just seems so evil and so tyrannical. And, you know, being a big fan of Teddy Roosevelt, even that's where we get to the slogan for our show, you know, get in the arena from this man in the arena speech. And, uh, you know, when, when you have people like Tim and other veterans and other people that serve this country and, and are valiant and don't worry about their sacrifice, but the betterment of others, that spirit of self-reliance, that spirit of Americana that I believe, you know, being fueled by the, the spirit of God, as long as you have a concentration of people like that, men, women of all colors, creeds, races, backgrounds, that are going to stand in direct defiance to this tyranny, that has to be manipulated, it has to be demoralized, it has to be coalesced, it has to be tricked, and that's what I see happening now and playing out on a global scale, and it just seems like there's so much apathy, it seems like there's so many people who are either just completely dead, completely stupid, or just don't care. Uh, it, it's, you know, I, I get it. I see how people want to be that proverbial ostrich, but I don't know that we are, we have the luxury of that right now. Well, and it's uh, the frog in the boiling pot um, mm -hmm. analogy applies there because they can't do it just all at once, but they have been whittling away at our rights and all the things that we hold near and dear to our hearts. But what they're doing is they're creating a government reliance where it's going to, it seems like the majority of the population, I hope, I hope that's still not true, but are becoming reliant on a government that then in turn they have the control over you and it, it's a whole different situation i want to hop back real quick to the oil comments because mean circle back nah, i don't use that term <laughs> i hopped back um circle uh, back circle back <laughs> <laughs> um but it was very interesting watching one of those press conferences with um, the secretary of defense and somebody else where are we getting the oil for the gas that we're using right now in Afghanistan, all they would, the, the question was very clear, are you buying oil from the Taliban? And there was no straight answer. There's The answer was that we have plenty of oil and gas in, in Afghanistan. Yeah. But holy shit, not only did we arm them, are we funding them now too? Um, because I think that could have been a very clear answer that we didn't get. Well, you say that, it takes me back to the Arab Spring. Mm -hmm. or Fast and Furious or, you know, whatever Obama-era scandal you want to talk about. Oh, that was the, the scandal-free administration? Is that that one? Is that what you meant? Yeah, the scandal-free administration is exactly what I was talking about. And, you know, to me, it's just, you know, having conversation with people lately about the absolute rampant apathy, um, you know, I think people just have this normalcy bias so they refuse to believe the dire straits of the magnitude of the tyranny that we're, you know, facing. And you shared something really interesting on Facebook the other day about Rosa parks and how she and i'm paraphrasing of course but how she never wanted to start a movement she just simply said no you know and that's where we're coming to where we just simply say no uh we need to realize that the constitution was created and the government was started of by and for the people and that these people that we uh, quote unquote elect are supposed to represent our will our wish our desire there are elected representatives uh, but, you know, to quote one of my favorite Stoics, Plato, you know, lack of participation in government means that you will be governed by your inferiors. Do you feel, do either of you guys feel like the government represents you? No, not at but, all. Not you know, at all. In a representative government, they don't represent me. They don't no. represent you. Government tyranny will never end through compliance. You know, we are in a fortunate situation now where I think more people are starting to realize that people complied because they thought they would get their lives back to normal at the front end of going back to the COVID stuff. Mm -hmm. Flatten the curve. Yeah, flatten the curve. 15 <laughs> days, mask up 100 days, get one shot, get two shots. I'm sorry, jabs, jabs, jabs. 
rehab, get a third one, do all this stuff. Um, I've never heard them promote a healthy lifestyle, by the way. Um, But the compliance started on the front end because people thought that they would get some of their freedoms back if they only complied. The government is very good at taking 10 inches from you. And when you speak up, they'll give back one inch, but they're keeping that first nine every time. So every time we give up a right, the government has no intention of ever giving that back. And that's the definition of tyranny. Right. Unless it's taken back. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, it's absolutely. And that, and yeah. that's where Rosa Parks comes in and why I, why I said that, because she said no. Like this all with the COVID and the unconstitutional mandates and restrictions and closing our businesses, it ends when we say it ends. The government's never going to end it. Right. Yeah. They're going to, like they've, they've played on fears and gained more control over our day-to-day lives than they were ever meant to. Yeah. Um, and we allowed that to happen. And it's through our complacency and, and the silent majority, quote unquote, can't afford to be silent silence anymore. Like the, the longer you are like, man, if we don't put silence in our rear view, our freedoms are going to be in our rear view too. And um, so we have to, people on the more conservative side or the more freedom loving side need to get louder. Our, like our enemies are getting louder. The, the left has been, you know, screaming and stomping their feet for a few years now. They have the spotlight. Evil has the spotlight. And what's the quote? All you need for evil to succeed is for good men to do nothing. And, yep. and that's what we've been doing. We've been doing nothing because we want to be left alone. But holy cow, man, we, it's time to yeah. get louder. Let's get loud. Let's get loud. It's time to speak up. The good grows stronger every day, too. Um, just in this room, our relationships have been formed over the last six, eight months. The good has gotten stronger through that. So um, it, it's definitely time for, for us not to be silent. And I know you guys uh, through this podcast have been putting out your thoughts and everything for, for quite a while, but there's a lot of people who aren't involved and there are a lot of people still that just want to be left alone. But it's time to speak up or we're never going to be left alone. You're talking alone. about like strength and yeah, and you know, when you talk about strength in numbers, you talk about isolation, it reminds me of Elijah. Um, you know, and how, you know, in regards to Elijah's like, yeah, I'm the other one here. And God's like, no, I got 7,000 more servants that haven't bent a knee to, to bail that evil of theirs hour. And, you know, we got to kind of remember, we got to group together and remember that exactly what you're saying, Tim, is uh, what you're saying, John, is exactly what is right, that there's others and that we can come together, we can override that evil. And, you know, what I see right now is just a lot of history repeating. And I, I read the mail. I know what people say to us. I know a couple of things. I know history pretty well. I, I, I know the scriptures pretty well, I think. But history is repeating, whether it be right down to this medical tyranny, whether it be to to this purposeful, this quagmire of absolute military incompetence, or whether it be like purposely alienating and angering our veterans and allies throughout the world, this is by design, and this is nothing but history repeating itself. You know, we said this last episode, like, you know, when you think about like Dr. Fauci, you think of like Joseph Mengele or Joseph Goebbels, this, everything that Bill Gates, uh, Fauci, Klaus Schwab, all these people are doing right now is a wet dream to Joseph Goebbels, Joseph Mengele, things like Operation Paperclip, and all these people back during that time uh, Hitler all of them you know we got to keep in mind about the Nuremberg code and everything well the reason that they were afforded that opportunity they weren't is because of the media complex that we have now so it's very interesting how you chose to word that isolation being an enemy tactic so who's the real enemy now because the media's sole role in the last several years is to make us feel isolated in our views when we're not we're not isolated and now they're making us appear isolated in our views on a world stage but 
but they've been doing it internally here for several years now. And it's the division that they always try to promote and create out of nothing. And it's that type of manipulation that the media constantly does through manipulation polls. Like look at any oh. cleveland.com. They put out I, a click, like, click, like, click, love yeah. for, for t- it, it's like a manipulation poll. Yeah. It's group think that they're trying to get others to make you feel more isolated and they're failing. They're like we're getting louder and, and um, clearly we're not isolated. I went to the health board meeting, school board meeting. There's many more of us out there than the media will ever let on. But you know, the, like we're kind of, they got us by the balls with this social media and the, the censorship and right. the ministry of truth and squashing any narrative that they don't agree with or it's not approved speak. But let's focus on the media it being the enemy because it's tearing us apart here. It's definitely projecting something that we're a weaker nation on a world stage. But again, to reiterate what I said at the beginning, holy shit, our military is still very, very powerful. It's the strongest in the world. But you know, our government is projecting weakness and uh, it's, a, it's a scary situation because of that aspect of it. Yeah. And you know, even though you know, we'd be projecting this hot mess or the government or the media is, but we still have people literally climbing on C-17s willing to jet Mach 1, Mach 2, 35,000 feet in the air to escape the hell they're at or to hand their babies through barbed wire, chicken wire fences in order to have them have some semblance of freedom in regards to how desperate people are for freedom. Think about that. Yeah, even the southern border in the state that it is, you know, and and imagine sending your, I know you got kids, imagine sending your daughter um, for a better life. So I want to believe that there are like, I am not anti-immigration. I am anti-illegal immigration. Amen. Like immigrants have made our country very strong. Um, and the ones who have legally immigrated here love this country as much and, as and I do. They contribute more than naturalized. Bit is pissed off about. What yeah, and they happening. absolutely are. <laughs> um, but it it just shows that you know as much internal double talk that or double speak that we get from our media, like people still want to come here because we're the greatest nation on the planet. And don't let the government's messaging and all that fool anybody out there. And even like, let's look at China. You know, the people of China aren't bad. The government of China has that aggression. Want to know the difference though? The people of the Middle East hate us. They hate us. They hate everything about us. And you cannot fight an an ideology like that by playing games. Like, what was it? um, Was it Robert Gates? It was one of those generals where he called Obama a pussy on the air. But he said, the only way that you can fight and defeat an ideology like that, that is ingrained, is you kill them, kill their family, and then you kill their pet goat. That's the only way. Um, And so it it is um, a little bit different on the world stage in how we're projected as Russia's the enemy, China's the enemy, like, holy cow, there are actually people out there that hate us, the people of their country. Um, it's just their governments don't have the wherewithal to confront us in a military type of operation like China. Um, does currently so even just to piggyback on that two things one the thing that distinguishes america in the philosophy is that we do have a second amendment that just distinguishes us from most other countries in the world and you know of course we have the first amendment we don't want to overlook that but when the first fails we do have the second to back up or rely upon uh, which is american approach the thing it does separate us from other countries but two when you're talking about 
extreme Islamic terrorism. Uh, it's an ideology. It's a pervasive through that culture. It's anti-American, anti-gospel, anti-Christian, anti-anything pretty much that isn't Islam. And it's not so much of a religion. It's a theocratic way of ruling. It's a, like it's a theocracy, really. It's a religious sort of um, system of governance. And the thing with America, you know, we have the separation of church and state. We aren't so forcefully ingrained with the ideology of religion, even though, you know, we are moving far away from that judo judeo-christianity roots that made us so prosperous but we're moving away from that first amendment's been under clear attack for oh, quite yeah. a long time it's uh you know the second amendment will always prop that up which has also been on attack but look at what's happening in australia right yeah. now I, I, well that segues never perfectly. give up your guns ever absolutely and you know we hear that and I, you know i watch news from other nations and other countries around the world and even right now in australia they news reports are coming from people uh independent journalists and bloggers who are pleading with america to stay in the ground to not give up the second amendment because what's going on there is uh, will be happening here with it, I think within the next six months or so but you know they have given up their right to own weapons they were a penal colony uh, they have similar roots from us so they're you know part of that English expansion but the idea that they have given up their right to defend themselves that we haven't distinguishes us and you know even if you listen to people during the Holocaust who came that you know Hitler came for the guns and they took the guns you know Hitler took the guns Stalin took the guns Mao took the guns Fidel okay. Castro took the guns Hugo Chavez took the guns and I'm here to tell you 1776 will commence again if you try to take our firearms doesn't matter how many lemmings you get out there on the street begging for them to have their guns taken we will not relinquish them do you understand that's why you're going to fail and the establishment knows no matter how much propaganda the republic will rise again when you attempt to take our guns and that's what stops tyranny and even in regards to you know you talk about australia the, the prime minister of australia even uh the uh, france england canada like germany the, of leadership around the world are saying we are now under a new world order to me that goes back to that eschatological point of view where we are being funneled into this time and we need to pay attention and the second amendment is what you know really distinguishes and, and keeps that evil at bay and I, you know when i first became a christian a gentleman who was an elder in the church i first started going to you know he told me and it's always kind of stuck with me that you know when america loses its right to own and bear weapons that is when the antichrist and that antichrist system is going to start to rise and, and really uh, reveal itself and make itself known and i absolutely agree with that uh, especially studying history and everything that we're talking about right now you know and just the older we, i get the more i go along with the different things i just really believe like god hates cowardice uh yeah i just really believe he hates that you know uh second timothy 1 7 says for god has not given us a spirit of timidity or some translations say cowardice but a power love and a sound mind and that's just where i'm at with all of this it, it absolutely is and using that uh, boiled frog analogy again think of the term that's been presented to us and repeated constantly new normal yeah. this is the new normal no it's not like it's a new normal when you let it become the new normal but that's like a soft wearing down of whittling down that's happening and and the stuff in australia you know it's very very troubling like like how they have their military patrol in the streets you're not even allowed to go in your own backyard <laughs> um that would never happen here right. um as long as we don't give up our rights and and to um, touch on your point of God 
hates cowardice. Like, I absolutely agree with that. And that's why we can't be silent and we have to stand up and fight because of what we would be leaving. Like, I do not fear death. I do say I would die for my freedoms. I don't mean that in a literal sense. Like, I would go down fighting. I would kill for my freedoms to protect my child's freedoms. And I want to read this quote. May it never be said of me that I was silent in the face of fear and in doing so passed on the battle to my children. Like, that's what we're all like. I will not do it. But, you know, the point of that is we're seeing our freedoms be whittled away. But 10, 15 years, actually, you know, my oldest is 14. So he has four years till he can serve his country. I want this all taken care of before that happens. Like, I do like to think that I made the sacrifices so my family doesn't have to. Um, But what we're seeing is even through my sacrifices and every veteran's sacrifice out there, was it not enough? Because I feel like it was enough. But what we're leaving for our children and what our governments are doing and by chipping away our freedoms, they're not growing up in the same world that we did. And it's it's very clear. But I, I'm very afraid of what their world will look like when they're my age. And, you know, the attacks on race and all those things. All right, my family are filled with white people. We're white. Sorry. Like, I didn't choose to be any race. Like, race is insignificant to me. But as they are demonized and attacked and then they're self-confident, and holy cow, the white liberal self-hate like that you see with, with <laughs> so often. It's the weirdest thing. You're fucking a white male! Yes! Um, because what they don't realize is the more they project that stuff out to the public, the more that they don't realize they're only going to be viewed as a white person. They're well, not going to be viewed with their political stuff on their street and their virtue signaling. And it, it's all these things. And it's a culmination of all of these things that um, it's a constant attack on those things. But I do believe that there is a much more coordinated plan um, end game by doing that. It's just uh, I can't figure out who, whose game it is, because if we could figure that out, then we could address it directly. Well, to go back to uh, what you're saying here, Hosea 8-7. And it says, they that sow the wind shall reap the whirlwind. And I think exactly what you're referring to here, it's the idea of what you sow, you will reap. And, you know, what we see right now, there's really no instinct for preservation. There's no instinct for any of that. And what people keep thinking is like, you know, capitulate, capitulate is going to go go well for you or, you know, if you turn your back on somebody it's going to go better for you but the reality of it is is that you can't escape the guillotine you may switch places and and put it further behind you but the reality of it is you can't escape it and you know we recently did an episode on critical race theory and what we got some of the most vitriol hate mail calling all of us racist and it's like ah, that's not that's not us you know i mean (laughs) you will never um lift somebody up by chopping somebody else down exactly all you're doing is making two half-sized people by doing that so uh, that whole thing's a scam like we can get into that on a, another episode i'm yeah. sure you guys have covered it and gotten hate from it but oh. holy shit is that whack <laughs> Yeah, well, I know, uh, to quote Bob Dylan, the hour here is getting late. So is there any final thoughts or anything else you'd like to share or add? Anything that we may have glossed over that's on your radar that you want to talk about? Hey, I'll give a, a, a shameless plug to my patch ops company, patchops.com. We make morale patches and decals. And uh, I think anybody listening to that would appreciate that it is a true reflection of who I am as a person, who my wife is. And um, we definitely aren't shy about hiding that. The last thing I would like to say here is, I always try to leave this anytime anybody asks me to speak anywhere or come on their show. Um, It's a quote that my grandmother gave me when I was a kid. And she said, Timmy, there's a lot of evil in this world. 
But when you can't find the good, you have to be the good. And I try to do that by example because I have my kids. But it's not just for my kids. It's for kids out there everywhere because a generation raised to hate this country will never stand up to defend it. And we have to be cognizant of that. And I mean, what, seriously, take the thousand foot view of that statement that I just said and what's going on through the media, through government run education. It's like, holy cow, we're, we are raising a, a generation that might not stand up and fight for it. So, but here I am, send me. Like, I will always refer Isaiah. back to that. Yeah. Isaiah. Um, so I, I will always say that. I have that tattooed on my arm. Um, it's very important to me, but it's uh, like, I always say, you know, there are activists out there. I'm an actionist. I'm never going to sit on the sidelines. So from my cold, dead hands over my dead body, mm. not while I'm here. Like, I, I mean, you all those uh, phrases that you could use to address it, those aren't just me. Like, that's every veteran. That's every Marine I know. Um, you know what? One thing that I have found interesting over you know, the political landscape over the last four or six years is everybody I serve with is like-minded. Everybody. I mean, that should really say something when um, the media and stuff tries to make people feel isolated. They're not just not putting a microphone in front of the right people because they don't want that message to be heard. Um, so always focus on the media, question everything. When you read an article in one of the frustrating things that, that has uh, taken place over the last four years is, oh, that's Breitbart. Oh, that's Daily Mail. Holy shit. Click on the source in the article because you will find for the most part they're not the direct source and I don't care if uh, Charles Manson came here right now and told me it was sunny outside if I looked outside and it was sunny then he's a valid source of saying it's sunny outside <laughs> yeah, yeah. like holy shit let's <laughs> let's not get so distracted by uh by that yeah, yeah by the messenger and, and pay attention to the content yeah, so yeah that's um that's all I got I definitely appreciate you guys having me over for a little bit filling me with two Great. cups of coffee I've had to pee this entire time so yeah. Um, but <laughs> hey, Semper Fidelis to any Marines listening out there. Check us out, patchops.com. Um, and check out our, our charity, www.subzeromission.org. Check out vetsforchildrescue.org, mission22.org. These things are all important. We can't afford to be silenced. Get involved. Get involved in your communities. That's the most important thing I can leave. Like one thing January 6th taught me is, holy cow, our, our voice on a national stage can be so manipulated, but you have to start making a difference in your own communities, with your neighbors, at the corner store, with your local school boards, school boards, and grow that shit outward instead of trying to bring outward and bring that stuff to your communities. So that was Thank the you. second cup of coffee right there. That's okay. No, <laughs> no, I'll put links in the bio. And oddly enough, you mentioned the, the worst revolt, the worst terrorist act, uh, event ever in the in the history of America, uh, worse than 9-11, worse than Pearl Harbor. And yeah, the, yeah. you know, it's funny because Alex Jones, Roger Stone, Donald Trump just got cleared by the FBI. And now Owen Schroyer has been indicted for BS charge, but I don't know. No insurrection. It, yeah. Scant. Absolutely. And there is no evidence. Hey, if anyone out there wants to send a list of anybody who's been charged with Jan anything related to January 6th of anything other than trespassing or simple assault, please do, because nobody has. Like, that's another hoax. It's another scam that the media projected. It's another planned narrative that probably Pelosi, probably Schumer, probably McConnell, everybody was involved in. So, hey, that's stuff was not true absolutely not true we're talking about maybe four or five hundred people that illegally trespassed out of you know 
hundred, two hundred, three hundred thousand that were there that AOC day. AOC has posted. Did you see there is a you know that I guy in the the bomb threat from the other day that they're not talking about now already, but they had to um, evacuate AOC's AOC, building. Yeah. But I was quick to be like, anybody check on her? She's okay. Yeah. Hey, anyway, I don't so, like her. Yeah, uh, Tim, I want to thank you once again for coming. You have an open invite anytime you want to come, even if you just want to sit in. But we value what you have to say. You have a great perspective, and once again, just want to thank you uh, for your service and all you do, all you do. And you know, I check out his business on follow him on Instagram. I love when they post. And one of the most recent things you've done, you posted an Obey patch uh, from the John Carpenter They Live. I absolutely love that movie. They they live. Live. We have a couple of They Live designs, but yeah. oh, man, that wasn't supposed to be a documentary. Right. <laughs> yeah, 1984 wasn't supposed to be a tactical film manual either, was it? Hey, we are Patch Operations on Instagram because they took down my Patch Ops page a long time ago. So um, we patch have op- rebuilt that, but it's Patch Ops on Facebook, Patch Operations on Twitter and Instagram. Check us out on Twitter. <laughs> I fill my Twitter feed with valid information that I read myself and, and try to educate myself on. So I can um, attest to that. Yeah. So, all right, Johnson. Yeah. First, I just, I just want to really thank you, Tim, for coming in this morning and gracing us with you, not only your awesome presence, uh, but also your awesome expertise on all things that happened there. Because really, truly, William and I could talk about this at great lengths, but your personal testimony and your experience that you have speaks way more uh, of a volume than we could ever drum up because we we don't have that firsthand account. So thank you very, very much for, for joining us. Um, I did want to add, I also have a scripture verse that I think is very appropriate and ties in nicely with what we're talking about. It's from Proverbs 3, verses 27 through 29. It says, Do not withhold good from those whom it is due, when it is in the power of your hand to do so. Do not say to your neighbor, Go and come back, and tomorrow I will give it. When you have it with you, do not devise evil against your neighbor, for he who dwells by you for uh, safety's sake. We were talking earlier about you know fear and, and whatnot, and, and I don't fear what uh, is coming you know, down the pipelines. I, I think it's appropriate to have the right mentality towards that. But I do have, you know, a sense of duty that I think that belongs to me, not out of fear, but out of necessity to be a, a father to not only my child, but to try and be that for other kids who aren't, aren't getting the proper message. We talked about how in schools, they're not receiving the right message. And, and we're kind of talking about the nervousness about the true message of America and what it stands for and the fact that we are a blessed nation that you know God blessed us is not being preached anymore we do have a responsibility we bear a responsibility to be that voice for not just our own children but for the children around us um, so I do want you guys to take that to heart I want you guys to try and do what you can to be that voice for people who desperately need it because if we don't speak to them the truth they're gonna get a tainted message from somebody else so uh, I, I implore you please make it something that is is passionate within you make it something that you strive for to be that voice that is uh so desperately needed thank you very much tim i appreciate it yeah you know every time i think of tim i see he has this shirt that says i love big butts and small government and i think that just so perfectly quantifies uh, at least what i know of tim <laughs> yes so, that is, uh, hey, that is definitely the best description you can amen amen and a big butted yeah. woman my so wife is uh not a fan of that shirt i've been like hey i, I hate to break hey, it to you but not ironically, I think my wife would probably wear that shirt. So there you go. Yeah. I know them both and uh, love them equally, and I'm not saying a word.
word. Not You're not commenting? Yeah. <laughs> Wisdom. Yeah, the little bit that I have. But uh, listen, once again, Tim, I want to thank you so much uh, for coming. Uh, thank thank for, you, guys. Yeah. Thank you very much. Seriously, thank you for coming. Uh, and a lot of people want to know what can they do to support, you know, they feel voiceless. What you can do right now is just begin to spend your money up places that are uh, resembling what you believe in. Uh, Patchops.com, go to Tim's place. Uh, support politicians, support organizations that are a voice for you. And, you know, make sure you go out there and support them with your daughters. <laughs> daughters? Yeah. <laughs> My wife's not going to like that one either. going to make the blunt. No Taliban. No Taliban. Right thing. Make sure like the son. Give like, them your daughter. Dowry. Like, I'm cool with dowry. But I meant with your dollars. Make sure you support civic organizations, businesses, politicians, groups uh, that are pro-Americana, pro-gospel. I would even say support churches and religious organizations that are actually preaching the real gospel of Christ, not this, uh, you know, pep talk, feel good, uh, mumbo jumbo that you don't find in the gospel. I would say support authenticity in Christ and the gospels and Americana. But nonetheless, uh, uh, just want to thank you, Tim, for coming. Uh, you have an open door. Anytime you want to come back, please, I just, I'm going to ask everybody, share this episode. I think this is so important. I think what Tim brought is a real great and new, fresh point of view to our podcast. You, my friend, have an open door. You have a welcome invite. Anytime you want to come back and discuss anything, please let us know. I just think everything you shared today was just so vitally important. Yeah. Hey, so I have one last thought now, too, and I, I know we have to wrap this up, but but uh, I definitely want to say to everybody out there and everybody who served in Afghanistan, you did make a difference. You kept the enemy at bay for 20 years. Really start to think about that with the amount of force and quickness that the Taliban just took over that entire country. Where the hell were they at for the last 20 years? They were beat down. They were hiding in the corner. They were not attacking us here in our country. You did your job. You are definitely appreciated and yeah, Semper Fi. John and I, we second and we third that. Uh, just want to thank everybody who has served, um, whether it be a, a veteran, uh, whether it be a first responder, police, fire, we uh, have the utmost respect and we tip our hats off to you. But that being said, make sure you share this episode. You can find us anywhere you can find podcasts, Flawedcast, Flawedcast CLE, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Breaker. Uh, we are on Rumble. Uh, we're one strike away from being gone on YouTube. Uh, that's Flawed Inc. Um, make sure you pick up my books, Miss Heart of Man Repair Manual. There'll be a link below for that as well. And Excellent book, by the way, brother. I not only bought one and read it myself, I bought one and gave it to my son on his 14th birthday. Um, I think that message that is in that book, and I don't want to give away too much detail, but it's about being a man. It's about being a man in today's society and not allowing this um, desecration of manhood. And, and you have to be alpha males and you have to be men in today's society. I want to recommend that to any coming of age young man out there because I think it's um, beyond important. But yeah, the, the emasculation of men cannot continue to happen. And yeah. Excellent job. And, and just yeah. throwing this out there, um, Bill offered it to me for free, but I would never take it. I bought his off of Amazon. You can buy them at Amazon. I think you have them somewhere locally available as well. Yeah. But um, support those who support you. Yeah. Support those who are out there trying to make a difference, like Bill, through his message. And he, he took a lot of time with that book. It's a, it's a good, solid read. It's easy to read. Um, <laughs> it's interesting, and it keeps you connected. And you will not read the first 20 pages and not be able to identify that we yeah. have a problem in our country with the demasculation of men so definitely get that book get that book he wrote the book look i, I might have talked my way into an autograph before i leave but uh, we'll see absolutely you get an autograph brother wow i'm i'm clamped holding back tears um coming from someone like you who i hold as a dear friend who i just respect so much that means the world to me i'm i'm so appreciative and i don't even remember where we were at 
Um, I, I think just um, we're on the Project Mockingbird social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Gab, Parlor, MeWe. MeWe. And that being said. Okay. Angel Soft, Charmin Red. And I use a leaf, dude. <laughs> that's, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, You know, going back to the toilet paper, if you remember, what was it, like, just prior to this time last year, and everybody was doing the mad runs on toilet paper. I'm like, what the fuck? Why is toilet paper in the your thing? top ten survival yeah. items? Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I like toilet paper, but it's not. Well, it's our not good buddy Norm list. will never have to worry about it because he uses angels often. It's like using your hand. So <laughs> in, a, in a pandemic, you just go straight for the hand. Love you, big you guy. Know, since we're going to be talking about that. Middle East, and over there, like you know, they wipe their ass with their hand, right? So you never shake right handed. Oh, uh, hand. yeah, it's weird. Unless they're uh, am- Amber Wipestrius, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so they got shit on their trigger finger? Yeah, yeah, it's gross. It's gross. Yeah. When we first got there, we were using, you know, they had just a hole in the ground toilet, so you gotta like squat over it, but. We, we messed up their entire base plumbing system because we were flushing toilet paper down there. Oh. And then we had, to, uh, we had to have a box on the side of the toilet that you'd wipe your ass and put your toilet paper in. And put your toilet paper, paper in the box? Yeah, gross. You, gross. Wait, you, you wipe and remove? You can't flush it. You can't flush the paper because so it messes up the system. So the paper it. goes in the box. Yeah, the so shit you're... goes in the hole. Paper goes in the box. Yeah. It was, it was a lot of fun. Wow. So, so what do you what do? You, what do you do with the shit paper afterwards? Uh, after the somebody boxes somebody filled up, you throw it in the garbage. I said, yeah. well, you burn it. We burned it. Yeah, I said burn yeah. it. Wow. Burn paper. Yeah, burn, it. burn, and get rid of all the the nasties. Tally Biden. There you go. Never shake a Tally Biden's right hand. <laughs> I said sniff. Don't touch. <laughs>